You're listening to the Multiverse Fancast, proud member of the Misfit Faction Media Network. Be ready. All right, then. On with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Multiverse Fancast. If you guys are listening to us on the go, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and basically anywhere you get your podcast. As always, I'm one of your host, Paul, and we have a very, very full studio today. It's a house, all it's right. It's a full house. It, it's all these things. It's a basement. All right, now it's me. <laughs> What's that? So, first and foremost, let's go around the table. We got Ronnie. Ronnie, how are you today? I'm doing well, sir. How about you? Just, just dandy. Just so dandy. Fine and dandy. And next to Ronnie, we have Rob. Rob, how are you today? As always, I enjoy the witty banter in these introductions. Thank you. Uh, We haven't really had much wit yet, but anyway, here we go. And uh, (laughs) guest hosting from Cinematic Adventures. Guest hosting? uh, Guest... He's one of the hosts. He's co-hosting. It's guest (laughs) co-hosting. You're digging yourself deeper. (laughs) Special appearance by... There you go. We got Sean from Cinematic Adventures. Sean, how are you today? I am. I am good. Good. Hi, Sean. You know, getting all the recording done in one day. Okay. It's like the old days. Easy oh, it's peasy, like the old days. Squeezy. I'm sure you're thrilled. Oh, I'm having a wonderful time. I don't have to do anything after this. Nah, who works on a Sunday? <sighs> Imagine. Sometimes. But anyway, sometimes, yeah. During football season. During football season. Now, oh, no, no more football talk. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We just talked about football. Laces out, Dan. All right, yeah. So uh, today we are we're beginning our our bat month. Basically, you know, the entire mm-hmm. month of February is going to be devoted to building up a little bit of hype and anticipation, not just for our audience, but also for us, for uh, the Batman coming out on March 4th. So yeah. there's uh, another Batman movie. Yeah. And so this one's going to be good. We hope. So <laughs> for the entire month of February, we're going to be talking all things Batman. So today we are focusing on just the Batman 1989 film. We wanted to kind of do just the solo films and kind of the first film in the franchise and really talk about pure Batman. We have uh, next week we're talking Batman Begins. Mm-hmm. The following week we are talking animated Batman. I believe Batman Master of the Phantasm is going to be the big focus of that one. Ooh, good one. It is a good one. Okay. Uh, and then we're talking about the Batman supporting cast, which mm-hmm. Commissioner Gordon, Alfred, the sidekicks. You're not uh, doing the Lego Batman movie? We did. Oh, you did? We did oh, yeah, we, we did, did that Lego like Batman. four wow. years ago or yeah. something. That was a <laughs> solid one. Yeah. And that should uh, round us out for the month to get into the Batman coming yeah. out March 4th. And we'll be seeing it that weekend. You'll see the episode on March 7th. The I can't road, believe that's a month away. The road right? to the Batman. It's it's crazy to think because like for so long, like we were afraid this movie was going to get pushed back and, and mm-hmm. all these things. But... We're like we're right there. There are TV spots. You know, I'm trying to avoid anything at this point. Yeah, I haven't watched anything to do with the movie. Yeah, I, I went for the on past full, like couple of weeks. Maybe. I went on full dark mode for it too yeah. myself. I'm also yeah. a little shocked it's coming out in a March. It just seems you wouldn't hold off till summer. Maybe Memorial Day, holiday, I warm think weather. Just trying to get it out at this. No, point. That's fair. Yeah. I, I I I get it because obviously when when was this movie originally supposed to come out? That's a fantastic question. I feel I'm sure like it was somebody... over the summer, wasn't it? With last year, twenty yeah. one. I think summer also that, like with COVID, especially, a lot of studios are rethinking their release schedules because things that are coming out in off months are mm. actually making a ton of money, and so as a result, they're like, "Well, let's try out these other months." And March has sometimes, you know, especially with the coming of a lot of vacations around that time too, mm. with winter breaks and with Easter break, You're right. uh, yeah. they tend to try and take advantage of that. Is, is this getting an HBO Max? Uh... 45 days later. Yeah. Uh, originally, this oh, okay. movie was supposed to come out last June. Okay. And then so... it was pushed back to October oh. and then pushed back to March. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But right. also, you know, I think Spider-Man proved that 
right now there is still plenty of money to be made in the movies and yeah. I think this movie is going to the the first week is going to be crucial to it yeah. because if the first week it doesn't do well or if the people are like it's okay it's it's going to just tank yeah. yeah well the only problem they have right now is that runtime where it's an almost 3 hour runtime so there that limits the number of Screenings. showings they can yeah. do in a day so hopefully but also, well, the thought the thought is by then most films will be done making money, so they'll have more screens. I think the only things that will be hanging around might be like Uncharted, and and I think mm-hmm. that's about it. I mean, Spider Man made all its money because like movie theaters had it in like ten of ten theaters. Right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we'll see. We're looking forward to it, and obviously, we're looking forward to it enough that we wanted to devote a whole month to just talking about Batman. Which for me, I'm like, hell yeah, I'll talk about Batman all mm-hmm. month yeah. for some of our other. People in the studio. I am okay with Batman. I just... I'm just not okay with DC. No, I'm just not okay with the direction DC is currently taking with their other stuff. If Batman was in Marvel, it would be fantastic. Let's do five more... He just wears an iron suit. Let's just do five more reboots of Batman. How about that? To match the three (laughs) reboots of Spider-Man? I'm not saying I'm okay with it. I'm just saying it is. <laughs> which inc- which uh, Hulk actor are we going to see in the next? It's it's still. I'm pretty sure that he's always. We've always had the same. We've had three Hulk actors. Yeah, three. You're, you're remembering it wrong. I don't know. <laughs> Kevin Feige just with a sniper rifle <laughs> in the background. Uh, what did you say about my films? <laughs> no, I mean in all honesty, you know, yeah. say what you will. Unfortunately, DC is in such a flux right now that we have no. That's an understatement. It yeah. is an understatement. I like it's me being g- generous. And I, I think I would be. We would be remiss if we weren't to admit the impact that Batman has had on culture. That he's just so ingrained. You know, he. I, I would argue that he might even be more well known than Iron Man. I so yeah. I would say that Batman has a longer. A he's had the longest staying power. Yeah. Batman and Superman, despite their their current movie issues, they're still two of the most iconic they and are. recognizable superheroes of all time. Mostly because they they are. They've been around. They started yeah. the superhero genre. I mean, thir- 1938 is when Superman first graced the covers of Action yeah. Comics, and then... Batman you know, was the year later, 39. Yep. Yeah, and people... Detective Comics, right, yeah. I think at some point, maybe like we'll do like a bonus episode, because I know I have off the entire week of February, like... That oh that last, last week. week yeah yeah me too so I don't know maybe there might be a bonus episode of that all right somewhere. I don't know if uh, Ronnie's working because uh, you losers have jobs <laughs> yeah but my job I don't have to go in until like late morning so all right so you know what maybe there'll about be a, an early morning episode oh. maybe a, a bonus episode I don't know who knows because we do have a, a brand new Facebook group that we want to start putting yeah. things into but we're gonna. St- Pump the brakes on the Batman discussion because we already got super into it, and we're going to start off with some news. So, Rob, think we'd be pumping the brakes, but you would be wrong because five out of my six items here are all Batman related. All right, so let's turn on the Bat news. All right, so first in Bat news is uh, Batgirl. We've had a set photo, and they confirmed in that photo that J.K. Simmons is returning as Commissioner Gordon. So, you know, he is, of course, pl- he's got a foot firmly planted in the Marvel and the DC universe as Commissioner Gordon and as, of course, um, J. Jonah Jameson. J. Jonah Jameson. But uh, he is returning as, as Commissioner Gordon. So, yay for him. And he's um, a fantastic Academy Award winning actor. I, I'm excited for that. Uh, it's also nice to know that the, the quote unquote Snyderverse or the DCEU is still continuing in some capacity. Mm-hmm. I still say that their their best decision would be to integrate all the, the TV shows into one side and then do their solo movies. I think, you know, Peacemaker has, pr- has proven that they can do that formula because Peacemaker's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like, producer Melanie and I watch it every week. We just watched it last night. And, like, it is. 
it's it's way better than it deserves to be. Yeah, I'm still like two episodes behind just because it's a lot. It is a lot, and <laughs> but in all honesty, like you know, they mentioned they mentioned Kite Man and they mentioned other yeah. superheroes, and I think that HBO Max has a really good like starting point where they can take the DCEU and just run with it. You want to do the Snyderverse stuff? Do it on HBO Max. Let them. They they proved that they could do it. You know, the Snyder Cut was the most talked about movie of last year, and. I, I think that if they want to do their solo films, like they're the Batman, their Joker, because now that's starting production, apparently the sequel. Mm-hmm, right. So I think the smartest thing they can do is just kind of step away from the movies, do their thing on HBO Max with no restrictions. Well, I think HBO Max was smart to snap up all the DC content because now you have essentially Disney and um, HBO Max sort of going head to head with one another with subscribers. And yeah. I think the only advantage DC has with HBO Max is that they have the back catalog of all the older stuff too. A lot of stuff. You know, Marvel, a lot of people don't watch the earlier Marvel stuff. Like we talked about Fantastic Four, yeah. you know, and we talked about the, the 1994 one and you know the original ones like yeah, i know and i'm not even sure how much rewatchable a lot of the early x-men stuff is it's it's okay it's yeah. good but it's i think it's also a little dated in terms of just the superhero where genre. it is now yeah. yeah i mean you've got sam wilson busting through in his brand new captain america costume but you yeah. can't put wolverine's mask on <laughs> so my second item i have for batman here is uh cw ordered a whole bunch of uh pilots this week and one of the pilots they ordered is for a show called Gotham Knights. And it they said it is going to focus on post-Bruce Wayne. So it'll be after Bruce Wayne is dead. And it's going to focus on his adopted children. Now, they don't know exactly if that's going to be Tim Drake, if that's going to be all any of the other Robins mm-hmm. or anything. But it's it's curious that, you know, and again, when they order a pilot, that essentially just means... We want you to shoot the first episode, and then after we see that first episode, we'll decide if we want to go further. So there's a lot of abandoned pilots that exist out there in the yeah. world, and this may be one of them. In fact, well, even Game of Thrones has an abandoned pilot it's floating the C- around out it's there. It's the so. CW. They'll probably pick it up. They probably will. Yeah. Well, the CW is yeah, the CW's in flux right now because there's there are rumors that the CW hasn't made profit in years. Even with the success, say what you will about the Arrowverse, the, the Arrowverse was very successful and still is. Like I still watch the Flash, and I still I I still watch the Flash. Um, <laughs> he, he was so sad when he said that. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, and embarrassed, I think, because <laughs> I I just fell off Legends of Tomorrow, and unfortunately, I just yeah. haven't picked it back up. And Star Girl is fantastic, and I really. And um, I know you watch uh, what is the Superman and Lois. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, with Superman and Lois, producer Melanie wants to watch it, so we have to watch the first season, and we just mm. haven't had a chance to sit down. And there are like but four st- episodes in season two, and I'm getting spoiled, and it's just. But you're still a fan. Mm. So. Oh, it's it's fantastic. I think yes. they probably haven't been turning much of a profit because those shows are expensive. Absolutely, it, it, just based on rights alone. I th- and again, it goes back to the discussion of put everything on HBO Max. Yeah. Do your Arrowverse mm-hmm. HBO Max, you know, because apparently Grant Gustin's getting signed on for another season. I saw that. Yeah. Yep. But for Gotham Knights, now before everybody starts yelling at us, via, we know that there's a video game called Gotham Knights coming right. out, which is the exact same premise. Like yeah. Bruce Wayne's gone, presumed dead or missing. And the four in that in the video game, it is Nightwing, Batgirl, uh, Red Hood, and Tim Drake Robin. Those are the four playable characters. So I'm sure they're going... I just find this frustrating because, A, it's not going to have any connection to Batwoman, supposedly, and that's that's currently on. Yep. Also, B, you have Titans that's running very successfully yeah. on HBO Max. Do we... Well, is that what we... Do we need... At it's some funny. point, DC just needs to consolidate. Well, it's funny because at first, DC and, and Marvel, to a point, were like, 
everything's separate. Yeah. Like, Sean, you and I were big fans of Smallville. Yeah. How bad did we want Tom Welling to be in Super, like, be the Superman of Superman Returns? Oh, jeez. I remember that. That was, we were pushing hard for that. And but we also knew in the back of our head it was never going to happen. Yeah. We also wanted Batman on that show so badly. Now we're getting all these Batman-themed uh, shows, and we couldn't get one back then. Batman-themed shows with no freaking Batman. I know, but yeah. something, yeah. you know. Well, because you can't. Because he's too busy being in movies. Yeah. You can't have he's, him he's in movies. We're doing the Batusi and Titans. Oh, God. <laughs> have you seen the new Joker in uh, Batwoman? They made a new Joker in Batwoman. It is rough. First of all, what is what is Batwoman? Batwoman is a show on the CW. Oh, yeah. is it? Oh, yeah. right, right, right. I know what you're talking about. The one where she was in it for the first season. It was Ruby and Rose, she, and then they yeah, recast. Okay. And yeah, they made a new Joker for Batwoman. Yeah, it's rough. But anyway. So, rough for now. Oh, I'll show you a picture. In, in a addition second. to Gotham Knights, we also had season four of Titans with some announcements. According to Deadline, Joseph Morgan, Franca Potente, and Lisa Ambalavanar have been cast as Sebastian, as respectively, Sebastian Blood, Brother Blood, May Bennett, which is Mother Mayhem, and Jinx, respectively. Again, I, I don't. I, I remember a little bit about Sebastian Blood Brother when Blood, he was yeah. on Arrow. He was on Arrow. Yeah. That's right. Yep. I don't know too much about it. And Do you know who played him on Arrow? Oh God, I can picture him. Detective Dan. That's oh man from That's Lucifer. Right. Detective Dan. And and I don't know too much about a lot of these actors. Although I do know Franca. You probably remember her from some of the Bourne movies and originally from the movie Run Lola Run, which is a really exciting film. If you ever get a chance to check it out. Oh, so, with a title like that, it better be. Yeah. It, well, it's. I don't want to get into it. I'm waste the show's time. But check it out. And finally, with the Batman, we have had over the course of the week, and I think. A lot of us haven't seen it. New trailers, new clips, new posters, new commercials. They released some movie themes. They are like pushing hard on mm. the Batman publicity machine here. So well, it's, it's that time. You yeah. know, even I. But you know what? Again, I hate to keep going back to Spider Man, but like I like how Spider Man pushed all their marketing. But at the same time, we still had no clue. I mean, we all right. knew. Everybody knew. But I, I hope that this movie still has plenty of surprises. It's an actual detective noir thriller. That keeps us guessing the whole time. Yeah. Um, I do think it's overcrowded. I, for a first movie especially, and we'll talk about that. At least it's three hours though, because then they're not trying to rush things. Yeah, that makes me feel a little bit yeah. better. Um, I so. do like the fact that we haven't seen the Joker's face in any of the... You um, mean the Riddler? Sorry, thank you, the Riddler. The Riddler's <laughs> face in any of the commercials or anything. Um, we've seen him from behind, and we've seen him with his mask on, but we don't really know too much about him. We actually also don't even know too much about the plot. Yeah, my and again, well, I, I think a bonus episode right before the movie might be beneficial, but I really do think that it's going to be two separate stories that just kind of collide. That might be. There's going to be a story of like the Penguin and Catwoman. I feel like is mm -hmm. there kind of one side, and then the Riddler's this other side. Yeah, and Batman's kind of stuck in the middle, which he should be. Like that's that's what Batman does. He he's yeah. dealing with more than one criminal mastermind at a time. So we'll we'll see. Again, this is a, a young Batman. He's yeah. only second, third year, they second, said. Yeah, and they said they are drawing heavily from Batman year one, even though it's not the first year that Batman is around. So. Yeah, which is fine with me yeah. because we're about to talk about a Batman year one. So my other two pieces that I have here, one is uh, about a show from the Sonyverse. I'm sorry, not a show, a movie from the Sonyverse called Madam Web. That they are in talks with Dakota Johnson to star in Madam Web. They've started talks with her. I think everyone kind of knows how I feel about the Sony-verse. 
and yeah. So Madam Madam Web is a Spider-Man supporting character. She's been around for a long time. She was made famous by the Spider-Man animated show in the '90s, mm-hmm. voiced by Stan Lee's wife. Now we should say Madam Web is not Gwen Stacy's Spider. And also, she like I'm not trying to be mean, but she's an older lady. Yeah. Like in the comics, she's always depicted as maybe like 70 well, year old. With a name like Madam Web, you expect. Elderliness. Yeah. yeah. So it's very interesting, Dakota. I'm not a big Dakota Johnson fan. I don't have a problem with her. I like her a lot. I I, I will tell, I've never seen any of the Fifty Shades movies. Mm-hmm. So everything I know about her is beyond that. Like I just saw her in, in uh, The Lost Daughter. Uh, and she's she's a great actress, but anything Sony verse doesn't sound like. Again, you know how excited we are for Morbius around here. I'm surprised <laughs> you even put it on the calendar. <laughs> I, I could not put it on. And then finally, in the news, something that is not really superhero related, but is very related to this show, and everyone here at the table can appreciate. The CW ordered a prequel pilot. For Supernatural, yes, it is about Marion yep. John Winchester. Uh, Jansen Ackles will be the narrator, and I will tell you that right now, that is the only thing I'm excited about for this. I feel like I don't know how you gents feel about it, but I feel like I already know the story of Marion John Winchester. I I'm frustrated by it because I would have much rather seen a young John Winchester hunting show, Ooh. like in the vein of because this feels like yeah. Young Sheldon almost. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which I don't have a problem with. I well, like I like Young Sheldon enough. My but. thing is, I feel like it's going to be kind of what you wanted, but instead of John, we got to see Mary hunting because Mary was the right. hunter, and John only became the hunter because of Mary. After, but Mary's I feel death. like this show is going to be it's because it's about the Winchester, so it's about the yeah. two of them. But we know for a fact that Mary stopped hunting after she made the deal with the Yellow Eyed Demon, yeah. and her and John went to live their peaceful life. So. I can't imagine what it's going to be, and you know, I'll, I'll give it. A, I'll give it my a fair shake. I, again, only because Jensen Ackles is involved in it. You know, it, it gives it. And some, not Jared Padalecki. Oh, that was a whole big thing. Uh, it gives it some legitimacy with him in it. But yeah, poor Jared. Did they, so? Have they officially had a falling out? The two of them. No, no, so the, no the night out. of, they did have. It was just a Twitter exchange. Okay. Because basically, what happened was this got announced with Jensen Ackles involved, and Jared Padalecki had no idea. Yeah. Much less was involved. So he went on Twitter like, what the hell? And yeah. Jensen has been, you know, the, the two of them reconciled and he's been on a ton of interviews, you know, talking about it and how it was like, it wasn't handled well, but it wasn't like, like I didn't, but he's, he's also trying to play nice with Warner Brothers because he, he signed a huge deal with them mm-hmm. at the end of Supernatural because he was the, also the highest paid actor on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, to do, he did Batman, the two animated films. He uh, he had this probably in the works for who knows how yeah. long. And you know, I mean, in fairness to their relationship, you spend 15 years working that closely with another person. There's going to be resentment that's built up over time, especially on a show where both of you met your wives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's going to be like, oh, I don't like the way he's doing this anymore, and and you know, it's it's a marriage, and, yeah. and in 15 years, you you start to grade on one another. So. I, I hope that in some way maybe Jared Pelalecki can be involved, and I hope the show is good. But that wraps up the news. All right, so real quick, just a little bit of house cleaning on our end. First and foremost, we are super, super excited to announce that we are launching the Misfit Faction store by the end of February. That is the goal. We have a couple of prototypes that we've created. We've created shirts uh, and stickers, shirts and stickers. Yep. So we have a shirt for each one of our shows. We have a shirt for the Misfit Faction Network. We have Rob's trying to signal. Just we you- have a mug, too. Bibliophiles yeah. Assemble has a mug okay. that they're working on, yes. And that's going to be launched through our website, themisfitfaction.com, and our Facebook pages. So keep an eye out for that. We want to really uh, 
have some fun with that. If we get enough orders the first month, we are going to make uh, the fun fact fanny pack for Rob. All right. Yes. So we, our goal is 50 orders mm-hmm. in, uh, in March. That is the yep. goal. If we make 50 orders in March and it can't be from any of the, co- the hosts. Damn all right. Rob's like, <laughs> I was going to say, here's four right now. All yeah, right. But we'll have a, a sh- we'll actually put together the fun the fact, fun fanny, fact pack. fanny pack. Yep. And Rob's going to have to model it for the Instagram page. <laughs> But uh, you can also find, if you are uh, a podcaster or if you guys are uh, somebody that's looking to do some advertising, all of our shows got approved for uh, the Podbean affiliate program. So basically, very simple. If you are looking to create your own podcast, you maybe have been listening to us for a while or you've been listening to other shows and you want to give it a shot, if you enter the code, if you go to uh, podbean.com slash misfitfaction, you'll actually get a free month of podcasting on us. So if you guys are curious or you want to learn a little bit more, you can go to podbean.com slash misfitfaction. If you're looking to do some advertising, maybe you have an online business or a store that you're trying to promote, if you go to sponsorship.podbean.com, dot com slash misfit faction you'll get a hundred dollars of free advertising on us so make sure you check out either of those sites they're also on our website we have banners you can click on and that's that for the news so that's gonna wrap up yeah that's a 20 minute (laughs) intro that's gonna wrap up our introduction and when we come back we are going to talk about 1989's batman batman but first a quick break today's episode is brought to you by raise energy drinks from rep sports whether you're trying to crush your afternoon workout or just need a little extra pick-me-up raise energy is just the boost that you're going to need so if you go to repsports.com and any product that you order enter the code misfit89 at checkout to receive 15 percent off anything that you guys buy from that store helps our network grow and we fully fully appreciate everything you guys do that's misfit89 at checkout repsports.com all right, we are back, and we are excited. Excited is a great way be, to uh, describe how we're feeling right now, because we are talking the movie that revived uh, the franchise of mm-hmm. Batman a little bit, because let's uh, take a little trip down memory lane mm. to 1980, what year, Sean? Nine. Nine. 1989. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about like the Adam West yeah, show. Yeah, me too. Well, yeah, 1966. So I am using the Adam West show as reference, because at this time, the common the common viewership of Batman was very familiar with Pow um, Zap and Wham. Pow Zap Wham, you know, holy rusted metal Batman, you know, that type of oh, men- yeah. that type of Batman mentality, <laughs> yeah. the very cheesy, campy bat fun, family friendly fun. And it was only the comic book readers that really knew that Batman yeah. was a very dark and mysterious and, and tortured character. What dark and mysterious comic book creator did that in 1986? Stan Lee. No. Frank Miller. There you go. Now, one question. The comic books of Batman during the 60s and 70s, did they go pow zap wham or did they stay dark? They were pretty comic booky. Comic booky. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't until Frank Miller did The Dark Knight Returns that it really it went, went back dark to the, and gritty. The problem yeah. was, and, and Marvel's facing this now, they make their... Their their comic books are almost based around the the more successful whatever successful media they have changes the other media that they're doing right so here's an example in the comic books Tony Stark always had a secret identity he was Tony Stark and then you know Iron Man was a bodyguard but then Iron Man comes out and they're like I am Iron Man then suddenly all the comics all the TV shows everything afterwards everybody knew that Tony Stark was Iron Man and that was just the way that it was but. That was because they made a successful movie and it impacted the rest of the media, you know. So obviously, when Batman was super popular in the '60s, because he was like he got they got movies, you know they they got Adam West and Burt Ward to come back for cameos and like animated stuff. You know, Burt Ward was in Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah. Halloween was never the same. Yeah. We we look back on the Adam West Batman and and it's it's 
you know, jokey, it's campy, but it was extremely popular. Oh my god! It yeah. wasn't like the show was was not well liked. That show was a huge, huge hit on TV. So, you know, I, we don't want to talk down about it. It's just character and turned them into a totally different direction. Mm. But it was extremely successful. Yeah, I mean, even the costume of Batman changed to kind of adapt to it with that gray and blue look. Yep. I actually like the gray Batman suit as opposed to like the the black tactical type yeah. look that we get. And when we talk about this movie, we're going to talk about the bat suit. We're going to talk about the bat look and the motif of it. But earliest thoughts of the Batman, or excuse me, of just Batman. Anybody? 1989, Batman, first thoughts. I think a pleasant surprise, mm-hmm. I think, is the best way to describe this movie. See, a lot of us, sorry, Rob, a lot of us have the distinct <laughs> ability that we did not see this movie in theaters. We did not see it when this was like oh, the big right. thing. So, I, like, fun for, fact for your fanny pack. Oh, God. I was not even born yet when this movie came out. Oh. I was born a week and a half later. Really? Could yeah. you imagine if he was born on the day Batman came out? We would never hear the end of that. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm Batman. <laughs> Every, every day, every day of our lives. But um, we missed out on yes. that one. Thank you, Roddy. Thank God. You're welcome. So for us, like this was always available as, as when we grew up as kids. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like you know it wasn't as jarring to go from cheesy Batman to this Batman. For us, we have the the opposite problem where suddenly we went from the st- serious scary Batman of Batman and Batman Returns to the more family friendly and then the super camp that is yeah. Batman and Robin, which I hate that movie. You hate to love it. Yeah. Sean, initial thoughts on Batman 89. Uh, I mean, as a kid, it was, to me, didn't have much of a emphasis on it when I was younger, but as I grew older and got more into the backstory of the character and stuff, it it, it interests me on how, again, this movie rejuvenated a character. I mean, just brought back a character to the way it was originally created by, uh, by Bob Kane and just created... Really, you know, the comic book universe, Mm -hmm. you know, because we had Superman, you know, in the late 70s, we got Superman 2, 3, and 4, and we saw how that franchise just died. And then we get Batman, and then really Batman goes and dies before the beginning of what we have today with X-Men, Spider-Man, and the MCU and all that stuff. Yeah. So it's just interesting to me how it, cre- it rejuvenated a, a, the comic book movie, and it also killed it again. You oh, know? yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's just fun to me, the, 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 mm-hmm. the history of that. You know the most savage move you could have done when what? I asked you initial thoughts? If you had just been like, listen to our episode on Cinematic Adventures, and I then just have. walked out. I could have. I could have. Because <laughs> we did, if you guys are listening to some, to some of our other shows, we did talk about Batman and Batman Returns on Cinematic Adventures. Yes. So make sure uh, if you're looking for more Bat content, you give that a check because that was actually <laughs> a lot of fun to do. But uh, Rob, initial thoughts on 89 Batman. So... Uh, I'm flashing back and I'm trying to find it on Facebook right now. Somewhere from a 1983 photo is a picture of myself dressed up as Batman for Halloween based on the 1966 Batman. Oh my God, we need it. It was a homemade costume. My mother made it for me. It had Velcro that went around my wrists and everything. And it was... It was a great, great time. So, you know, that was always my image of Batman. So, you know, 1989, I am... 15 or 16 years old, or no, I guess 15, yeah. I'm 15 years old, and I'm watching Batman in the movie theater for the very first time. I can remember my exact reactions. I just, I I absolutely adored it. I was so into it. And, you know, this was a time period where Tim Burton was also very, very big. You know, he's big now, but he's, it's sort of like in the later stages of his career. You know, this is like post- Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Was this before or after- 
Edward Scissorhands. Before. This was before? before. Okay. Before. Yeah. So Edward He only had two movies under his belt when he was S- hired to make yeah. this movie. Scissorhands right. was 1990. Because 90. they had, they okay, had to wait for Beetlejuice after. to come out and yep. see if it was a, su- su- that, a success or not before they really <laughs> yeah. deemed that he was the right guy to lead uh, this right. movie. But I, I remember at telling all of my high school friends about this Batman and how they needed to go and see it. And, and seeing it multiple times in the theaters. And I think that's something that we don't do very much anymore. We don't see things more than once in the movie theaters. I think you expensive. saw Spider-Man more than once in the movie theater, right? No, we wanted to. No, yeah, oh, you ended up wanted. not. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah. You know, I think in, in this era of streaming, you know, back then, you know, movies would come out in the theaters and then... It would be like a good year before it showed up on like videotape and and HBO. Mm-hmm. So you had to see it as many times as you could. But I just it was so revolutionary and and it was so like such a relief too because so at the time when Batman was announced with Michael Keaton, we were so against it. Oh yeah, like we hated the idea that Michael Keaton was going to be helming this up. You know, the guy from Beetlejuice. You know, that just didn't make sense to us. But it works. I find it interesting that when it comes to any sort of Batman movie <clears throat> casting, that is where the fans are almost the loudest. Oh, yeah, they're yeah. And I'm talking about com- comic book fans in general. Like, you announce Chris Evans as Captain America. Oh, we, we were a little against it, but, you know, obviously nobody was like, up in You arms. were against it. I remember that. I was very against it. And then I saw The Losers, and that actually helped me with that because he was really fun in that and just a good soldier in that and all that stuff. But anyway, you get your Heath Ledger, though, and your Michael Keaton – in these Batman movies, yeah. and people were up in arms. Now, I will be honest, Michael Keaton is not my favorite Batman. And that's not to say he's a bad Batman. It's just when I think Batman, Michael Keaton doesn't... Re- like, obviously, don't no. get me wrong, he's fantastic in, mm-hmm. in the movie, and the movies are fantastic, but he's not my definitive Batman. You know what I'm trying to say? Right, right. Yeah. But And that, I think that's a conversation. I think we did... Didn't we do our Batmans? Our favorite Batman? We did. Yeah, yeah we, we did do that. We ranked our Batman We ra- ranked yeah. our Batman. But I couldn't tell you what I did. I'm very to curious honest. to see where Robert Pattinson ends up on that list. Oh, yeah. You know, because this movie definitely looks a little bit more film noirish, edgy, yeah, um, edgy right. violence. Yes. Very violence. And Batman's another one of those characters that you can do PG-13 or you can do rated R. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'll ever do a rated R Batman. They, you, you there's got no it money for it. somewhat in the, in the Zack Schneider cut of uh, Justice League, but I just... I think that's the road that WB does not want to cross yet. Uh, and that's fair. I know we've talked a lot about you know the rated R versus the PG-13. Well, we talked about it last week on Cinematic Adventures. You should check that out. <laughs> shameless <laughs> plug. Shameless There's plug. my shameless plug right I there. I loved it. That was, that I was didn't good. realize this was a cinematic show. You invited me, guys. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you just kind of stayed and picked a microphone. It's the weirdest thing. But um, for, like, for Batman, he is a character that can be done both ways and done mm-hmm. successfully. You do Batman right, you can actually do a G or PG Batman. Like I, right. I hate to say it, like he's just such a unique character. Well, that's and all the Adam that. West Batman. Oh, absolutely. All right. So I, I got to show you this too. First of all, this is my brother wearing the costume, but I wore it at the time when I, until I grew out of it. As you can see, it's very much modeled after the 1966 yeah. Batman. Oh, we really should do video podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys are missing. Yeah, out it's, on this it's one. a picture of my brother and I, and he's wearing it, and I'm wearing a Dracula uniform. Uh, Uniform, essentially. Because <laughs> uh, I've got the, the Velcro sneakers on, too. Love it. So we talked a little bit about you know initial thoughts, but let's talk about Michael Keaton as Batman. Because really, this the first couple of weeks of Bat Month, we're talking about first appearances of Batman. Because obviously, the Batman 
is an origin story for this new version of Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, supposedly, they're not going to show the death of the Wayne, so thank, oh, thank uh, God. We don't need that. Well, apparently... Which is in this movie. And apparently, in, this is uh, something I just was reading about. In the WB like meeting with David Goyer and all of them when they were creating Man of Steel, one of the WB executives... and. I, I actually believe this, specifically said that they can't destroy the spaceship at the end because how is Superman going to get back to Krypton? Yep, I'm going to let everybody just kind of think about that one for a second. And you wonder why DC movies suck? I wonder if this is the same one that asked Kevin Smith to have a showdown in his Superman with the giant movie spider. with the giant spider. Yeah, yeah. I again... Because giant spiders are cool. I understand studios being heavily involved. I understand that because at the end of the day, they want to make their money. They right. want to, you know, mm-hmm. it's an investment. And look at Marvel Studios. Marvel Studios is heavily involved with their films. You know, a lot of the directors have, have, you know, not come out and said it, but like Joss Whedon expressed it. Granted, he sucks now. And who was it? Who was supposed to do Ant Man? Edgar Wright. Mm. Yeah. He, he ended yeah. up dropping Which out is of Ant Man. Patty sad. Jenkins. Patty Jenkins was another right. one. She was supposed to do Thor Dark World. But then there's people like Taika Waititi who are like, no, I, I was able to do what I wanted to do. Same with James Gunn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's that's also why Peacemaker's been so good because I think James Gunn has complete freedom Oh, he's, I don't do think anyone's checking in on him at all. And he's written and directed every episode, yep. mm-hmm. which is you could tell watching them. But for Batman, like I can understand the studio being like... This, this is, these are the things that we want in a Batman movie, but they're not in touch with the audience. Right. There are a lot of, I hate to say it, like 60, 70, 80-year-old guys who are just living off this money and just, you know, I'm a studio executive, but you don't, yeah. you haven't been to a movie theater since they changed it digital, man. Yeah. Like, you're a little out of touch. And same thing when we talk like the Academy Awards and stuff like that. It's a very out of touch mm-hmm. type practice. But let's, I, mean, I, I can tell you, because if anyone has the Batman films on blu-ray which right. I, do. I do there's a great you know six-part documentary on the making of the tim burton batman universe and the whole notion of this movie they they had no idea where they were going to go mm-hmm. you know no one knew if this was going to be a comedy was going to be you know you know spoof like anything like that it wasn't until you know the screenwriter and tim burton got together and agreed that no no we have to go frank miller you know Dark Knight yeah. realm and make this mm. go back to what Bob Kane originally intended the character to be. So blondes? I mean, no. Batman originally was blonde for those <laughs> was of you guys. Really? really? Yeah. The original design of Batman was blonde, bat wings, red jumpsuit, and a uh, domino mask. You can look it up. It's 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 very interesting oh, to cool. see. Interesting. But for me, like you talk about the bringing Batman back to it to his roots. That's the problem that. That Justice League, especially the the Joss Whedon cut of Justice League, they tried to make Batman funny. Mm-hmm. I hate funny Batman. Yeah. I it worked in what in the about, animated stuff. What about Lego Batman? Lego Batman because that matched the entire tone. Okay, and obviously yeah. it's Lego. I, I'm expecting point. a certain <laughs> yeah. genre. That with would it. be yeah, jarring right. if it was such <laughs> so very serious dark Lego Batman. He's just, he's just popping heads off. <laughs> yeah, and that's. <laughs> Why did you say that name? Snap. <laughs> you just killed it. No, no, look. It, it, it back. just clicks back. <laughs> but for me, like, for Batman, especially, that's why in an ensemble film, he has to be that dark, dark stoic. It works really well in the animated stuff, like the Justice yeah. League and Batman the Animated Series, where he had his funny moments. Mm-hmm. But, for, like, one of my favorite Batman moments is he's flying in a jet, and it explodes, and he ejects out. And he's like, Batman to all Justice League members. 
I need immediate assistance because he's like just falling. He's yeah. like, because I can't fly <laughs> at all. <laughs> now would be good. And it's just, it's like a funny, you yeah. know, Batman because he still says it completely serious and calm as he's like falling mm-hmm. to his death. And that's the problem you run into with Batman versus Superman and Justice League where Batman is, they, they the tone of the movie matches Batman, but not the other characters. Right. Mm-hmm. And say, as much as I do love the Marvel movies, they all have a very similar tone. Yeah. You know, even like, Captain America, who's this way, and Iron Man, who's this way, they're still very much... They're getting better at that. Like, if you watch, like, The Eternals, that is very do I have different. have to? Yes, you do. I'm telling you, it's one of the best films in recent memory from Marvel, and give it a chance. It's better the second time around. You didn't watch it? I did watch it, but I don't want to watch it again. I don't have seven hours to devote to it. <laughs> but you devote seven hours to the Justice League movie. Twice. <laughs> well, well put. Twice. But... I, I don't know. Eternals really just did not do it for me the first time. And yeah, that's that. But this is a DC episode. <laughs> so let's talk. We kind of t- started talking about it. But Michael Keaton's Batman. Yeah. I, I kind of expressed my thoughts that he's not my my ideal I, Batman, but I still thoroughly enjoy him. So Rob's Rob's itchy over there. He's like, I want to talk. I, it was funny rewatch because uh, I rewatched it this week. It was funny seeing it because I discovered that Michael Keaton is more yuppie than billionaire in this. That he doesn't really come across in the same way you know because also i'm watching this through the lens of like christian bale's batman where christian bale is like he is an ultra billionaire who just has everything at his expense whereas michael keaton just seemed like hey i got some cash laying around it, it give knox a grant yeah like I, I like he's walking down the street and and puts two roses down in in the alley and it just seems like something that everyday people would do it didn't really strike me as something like billionaire-esque kind of behavior like he doesn't act like a billionaire he, he's a yuppie i would argue that christian bale's batman doesn't act like a billionaire until he puts on the facade of acting like a billionaire that's true um, yes. he did, i think christian bale does the best job at creating that playboy bruce wayne this Michael Keaton Bruce Wayne does a really good job of portraying the like airhead aloof kind of yeah. Bruce Wayne, like the scene in the with the dinner party and all that, and he's like, you know, oh, that's where I bought it. I bought it in Japan. Hi, I'm Bruce yeah. Wayne. Like that's his persona. It's not until he's down in the Batcave, you know, doing his work that he's that's that's who he really is. I also discovered that I was surprised as to how quickly Michael Keaton made Bruce Wayne vulnerable. Like I, I would have liked some additional time with Bruce Wayne as sort of like this cold, distant playboy instead where he's all of a sudden, he, it, like it, it jumped into the Vicky Vale romance a little too quickly for me that I would have liked to have seen him, you know, just not willing to trust people, kind of standoffish because of how, you know, he's always lost family in the past. And I didn't really get that this time. You know, having said that, I, I think he does play it really, really well. I, and I wonder if there were cuts that were made as a result of studio interference. It but. did lead to one of the best jokes in Batman Returns, where Alfred's talk, talking oh, about yeah. fixing the Batmobile. Yeah, he's talking we're about security. Turn he's around. Like, Vicky Vale's in here. He's like, to talk about security, who let Vicky Vale into the Batcave? Sitting there working, turn around. It's like, oh, hey, Vic, come on in. <laughs> I will say, though, that he's the first one that brought Vicky Vale into the Batcave. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Ronnie, initial thoughts. Michael Keaton's Batman. Again, I think as a Batman, he was good. I think he's one of the best Batman we've had. But kind of like Rob would say, I think just didn't really hit the mark on Bruce Wayne. You know, like you said, when you think of Bruce Wayne, or at least when I think of Bruce Wayne, like I think of billionaire playboy. He didn't seem like that playboy type in this movie. He just was more just like 
yeah, I'm rich. I could do whatever I want. He mm-hmm. played the billionaire, not the billionaire playboy. Yeah. It's funny because we never see Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne really do anything with Wayne Enterprises. Yeah, yeah, at all. that's true. He's never... uh, Val Kilmer's the first one that you see him like walking around the offices and he's mm-hmm. doing work. And he's you know, lock chair and he drops down. <laughs> yeah, Bruce, this Bruce Wayne is very old money. Yeah, he's yeah. just letting the company it, run itself. Around. Sean, thoughts on initial thoughts would be well, as I said before, the first Batman movie I think I saw had you know Val Kilmer was probably the one I had most saw most of when I was younger. Looking back on Michael Keaton, as both Ronnie and uh, Rob have said, you know, you don't get a lot of him, you know, the Bruce Wayne we know that we saw with Christian Bale. You get a the yuppie feel to him. You see a little more of it in Batman Returns. You see a little more of the, you know, standoffish, you know, don't trust anyone in Batman Returns a little bit, uh, especially his interactions with Christopher Walken and, and stuff. But in this movie, he... He doesn't have that that Bruce Wayne character built in yet. Like mm-hmm. I feel like they didn't give him enough outside of the costume really to work with. I do, however, love his interaction with the Joker in Vicky Vicky Bale's. Bale's apartment mm-hmm. because he just he goes off and it's just so like jarring, weird. I mean, it was just like and but it's it it worked for Michael Keaton. Help me to like under- I couldn't see Val Kilmer do that. Help me yeah. to understand that scene because it made I don't no get- sense. Okay, that scene made no <laughs> yeah. sense really when you look back on it. Like he yet he did had not known yet that the Joker killed his parents, which is a sore right. subject for a lot of people I know. But it's just. It was just like it was like okay, I mean, it was is this clear. guy a psycho? What do we? What, yeah. what is he like? It was what? clear he wanted Joker to shoot him because he had the metal plate in there. But yeah. I just I don't understand any of that scene. I can't no one ex- does. I can't explain it. I really can't. But it's just I remember watching that for the first time, and I'm going like, that was that was weird. It's like, still what, weird. Yeah. It's, it's still very a weird, weird interaction. But again, he pulls it off because it's Michael Keaton. Yeah. Again, I couldn't see. Val Kilmer do that scene. I couldn't see George Clooney obviously not do that scene. It's can't just, see George Clooney do anything. It was a weird. It was a weird scene. You know what we also got that was weird that I hope to never see again. Michael Keaton in the Batman suit running. It is so <laughs> awkward oh, when yeah. he's running yeah. down oh, the with street. With his arms down. Yeah, yeah. he's he's I running think it works, so stiffly. It works well because he couldn't move. No, he couldn't. And he, uh, from what I read, he couldn't hear yeah. either. Yeah. So actually, I would argue that the weirdest scene in the original Batman is when Vicky Vale wakes up and he's hanging from that bar. Yes. <laughs> yes I love that. that. I don't know why I love that. That that's a Tim Burton. That's a Tim that's Burton, Tim Burton thing, yeah. Yeah. where he's got he's, he has his arms like a bat and yeah. he's yeah. like, you know, doing that. Like are we just are we supposed to believe that he sleeps now? like that or is he working out or, or is he just just lamenting he, life? He was stretching you know? out his back. Yeah, he can't he can't sleep, you know. That was I remember that that was weird. Yeah. That was weird. Yeah. You know what? In retrospect of this movie having seen it this week, I realized just how un-Tim Burton-y this film was. The original oh, one. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like like having seen so many Tim Burton films, he loves to celebrate the outsider, you know, the yep. rejected individual. And he you kind of see that a little bit with Michael Keaton's Batman, but not to the extent of like an Edward Scissorhands or a Jack Skellington or mm-hmm. or an Ed and, and it's it's all all episodes we did on cinematic yes. adventures. Yes. And it is great to see Tim Burton sort of trying to do that, but even Tim Burton said that he he was not a huge fan of this movie, but you can see also him leaning heavily into that with Batman Returns and and 
we all know how that went. Well, you could also see it's. I think the closest similarity nowadays is Guardians of the Galaxy one versus two. You could tell that Guardians of the Galaxy James Gunn had a certain level of control and aesthetics, right. mm-hmm. but then Guardians of the Galaxy two he pretty much had carte blanche. Like they were yeah. like go go. Yeah. Taika Waititi's another one. I'm sure Thor: Love and Thunder is going to oh, be like bonkers, balls crazy. to the wall, crazy just because. Now, also really quick, you'll notice we're not really talking about the Joker because it's not. Joker month. I want to point that out. We're really just talking about <laughs> I Batman. I figured we just didn't get to that point in the conversation. I mean, we could talk about the Joker a little bit, you know, with Jack Nicholson and right. kind of that portrayal, but we've done episodes on the Joker. Yeah. We've talked about him. And as far as we know, he is not going to be in the Batman. Yes. I wouldn't right. be surprised if they do a subtle nod to him at well, the like end. like Batman Begins with the card, which I thought was perfect. It, yeah. it really was. And obviously, you know, then you get to The Dark Knight, which is considered the best Batman film by yeah. by a lot of people. Yes. I'm sure most of the people in this room included. Not so, you, though. I, I will argue that, you know, when we'll talk about it, The Dark Knight is not a Batman movie. It is a Joker movie with it's, Batman as a supporting a, it's cast. It's a Michael Mann movie called Heat. Yeah. So for this movie also, like, same thing happens. The Joker takes a lot of the spotlight. More mm-hmm. more people remember Jack Nicholson's well, he Joker. To. He yeah. got top billing. He I did was get top say, billing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he did get top billing. Same thing but happened. Uh, he took Bat- can, can, yeah. can we be honest though? Batman always was second fiddle to the villains, in my opinion. Even in the show, like I yeah. thought the yeah. villains over. You know, overshadowed, again, but overshadowed, overshadowed him, yeah. him because again, you got these you know very talented, you know older actors to portray the villains like Cesar Romero, Burgess Meredith, Frank Gorshin. Right. Same thing in Batman. When you cast Jack Nicholson, I'm sorry, Batman's going to get second fiddle. Yeah. Which sucks because I... But that's not... It's not a knock on Batman. It's you got to have the villains be just as good as, as Batman is. I, that's why I'm really excited for the Batman because mm-hmm. it looks because we're also talking about Robert Pattinson. Just well, like we, fair. we were talking about Ben Affleck. Let's let's not you know yeah. say anything otherwise. And you know, d- despite the opinions of performances, I know it's pretty split in this room. I know where I stand. You all suck, but no, nah. like we it's it's great that we're talking about. The actor and yeah. the skills, like even when they cast Ben Affleck, we all rolled our eyes. But then it was like, okay, well, you know, he did Argo. You know, he's done yeah. he's done some better yeah. things as he's matured as an as an I'm actor. I'm not gonna lie, I was shocked when Ben Affleck got cast as Batman. We all were, everyone, I mean, but was, yeah. like shocked. We not Christian were. Bale shocked. I was just, I was like, really, yeah. Yeah. like we're the going bo- this the way. Boston guy. <laughs> but also, same thing happened with Pattinson, and I, I don't yeah. want Pattinson was a shock too. We all like we all were up in arms. I, I wasn't. I was okay. I'm like, this makes actually logical sense to me because he's he's done great he's work. He's developed so much as an actor. Yeah, and that's again. But we also, you know, George Clooney now, was an established yeah, actor. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. So go back to the shock of Michael Keaton being cast, the shock of Affleck, the shock of... I don't remember there being a lot of shock to Christian... Same with Val, Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer, again, he was only in one movie, but I think everybody was like, oh, Val Kilmer, okay, that's interesting. I think yeah. they were more surprised. George Clooney, I just... Because, I mean, he was on a hot was television hot. show. He was hot He was just time. starting to be in movies, so I don't think there was probably that much of an uproar, but... You know, Keaton and Bad Affleck and then Pattinson definitely got, you know, it's like, really? Yeah. Like, you know, you're going this direction? Mm-hmm. So we'll, it's, it's, inter- it's interesting to see. Yeah. You know, we'll, Can we talk about Gotham? Yes. Gotham in this movie has a very unique aesthetic. German like a, expressionist. Yes. Too. I was yeah. going to say that. Very like I, I noticed like Metropolis kind of like infusion in there, which well, was kind so of... To me, like, Metro- you know, in Superman, Metropolis, it, it's New York City. And they yep. don't hide the fact right. that it's New York City. In, Especially you know, in Superman 4. <laughs> oh, God. Now, in this one, obviously, it's a set, and it's all in, filmed in London. Right. And they do... I mean, that set is a practical oh, it's set. so cool. It's huge. Yeah. 
it's, and it's amazingly you know well crafted. You see it in Batman Forever that you know you see the Statue of Liberty, you know, yeah. so it's like <laughs> the Gotham okay, Statue of Liberty. <laughs> so, but in this one, it's very to me stands by what Gotham is. You don't really know where it's supposed to be located, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's just got this German expressionistic look to it. More so in Batman Returns, in my opinion, but mm-hmm. definitely yeah. in this one, you see it. It, it's just again, yeah, those, those very, very beautiful steel beam, yeah, that are just, just sort of go up to the heavens and everything. It's I think very cool. Gotham should be treated as its own character and its own mm-hmm. set of rules and it's the way that it lives. And some some media interpretations of Batman have done a very good job of that. Same thing with Superman. A lot of people say Metropolis is it's, it's kind of its own character, but like. Gotham City should have a certain look to it, a certain feel to it, and that makes me. It's one of the reasons why all the stuff they cut out of Batman vs Superman, where where Clark Kent goes over to Gotham City and he's talking to people in Gotham City, who are, they're all like, "Hey, we we like the Batman. Yeah. Like yeah. The, the Batman keeps us safe. Like that that should have." And I really hope that this new movie makes Gotham into a living, breathing organism. Right. The people, the politics. Like, Dark Knight does a better job with the infrastructure of the mm-hmm. city. Well, Dark like, Knight is more grounded in reality, so they don't really... It's not a... It's a, it's a, it's, it's it's a, a Chicago It's Chicago, movie. Yeah. and they don't really hide the fact that no. it's, you know, Chicago. And, yeah, Heath Ledger has a Chicago accent. You know, man. so... I, I, I agree with you. I hope in this new one, Gotham returns to yeah. that, you know, maybe that dark... You know, were brooding you, city that you didn't really see much in the Dark Knight trilogy. Well, were you getting film noir vibe from this Batman too? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Wait, the Tim Burton one. Yeah, the Tim Burton. Pure one. aesthetically. Yeah, because also like you know, I know it logically doesn't chrono- chronologically doesn't make sense, but you know, Kim Basinger being in L.A. Confidential the next year <laughs> kind of just reinforced that for me. But yeah, it was very film noirish for me, and the the sets kind of felt like a mix of that German expressionism mm-hmm. and film noir, which a Batman movie should be. In. Yeah. Ronnie yeah. looks like he's got something to say. Do I? I don't know. Do yeah. you? Don't I? No, I do. No, I feel like you guys were talking about Metropolis being New York City and Gotham's supposed to not be New York City. But I, I would disagree. Go. Because look at the city. You have the the nice part, quote unquote, of the city, Metropolis, mm-hmm. and then you have your bad neighborhoods mm-hmm. in the city. And that's your Gotham City. Gotham City is supposed to be run by criminals, and you have that in New York City. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, and you yeah, have they're, different they're not, sections. They're not safe parts, exactly. So uh, that's why, like, w- when you guys talk, oh, you see the Statue of Liberty. Well, you could see that right. from the city. Yeah, you could see that from the bad parts of New York City. So it, it, it's okay to make it feel like New York City in a way, but you, as you know, readers and as viewers. We all understand that there's the good neighborhoods, the bad neighborhoods, right. and it can be. You can still be in New York City and be in a neighborhood that's run by criminals like so Gotham City. It is. wouldn't work if they said it in Detroit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So for me, though, we talk about Gotham, and you know there are the nice parts. Like the opening scene is fantastic mm-hmm. with uh, the tourist couple who you know a little bait and switch with the yeah, uh, a good bait and switch. A, that was yeah, great. Me, like because we all. We all know the story of the Waynes. Like, yeah. we all know it. It's been done to death, no pun intended. But, you know, we think that that's what's about I to happen. I really did. Even just rewatching it, I'm like, oh, here are the Waynes. And then they bait and switch mm-hmm. it. And it's still, I would say, it rivals the top I'm Batman scene. Cause, or, like, the, the top intro yeah. to Batman scenes. Because yeah. we, let's see, Batman scenes that we've got. We got this one. You're talking about the introduction of the character? Introduction of this version of Batman. Right. And you got Batman Begins in the scene where he pulls I, Well, I was the... going to go back a little bit further. Val oh. Kilmer with the suit up. 
he started the yep. suit up uh, where it's him spinning and he's um, doing all the different pieces. Yeah. Click, 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 that click. Was the, I'll that, get drive through. That do you get the ass shot there or is that later? No, that's, 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 uh, later. that's later. later. That's later. So, no, no, later. you see it in Batman Forever. Oh, yeah, when he puts on the new suit. The yeah. new suit. Yeah. Uh, you got the Batman Begins one, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then you have, you don't have an I'm Batman moment in Batman vs. Superman, but the scene Hi, where, Freeze. I'm Batman. Oh, God. <laughs> So, and then you get uh, in Batman vs Superman, you get they go to the house where the uh, the drug dealers are, yeah. and yeah. the girls are locked in the basement, and they close the door because Batman's still there. Like that's yeah. that's the kind yeah. of scary Batman. But I like how in this movie, Batman's toying with those muggers. Like he's in the background, just like dropping down. He's like, yeah. it's <laughs> such a great scene. It really is it's perfect. It really is. I love the scene though after the 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 father is knocked unconscious, and you kind of get that shot from above and it's it's obviously animation and it's supposedly batman looking down and he's obviously mm-hmm. going to get these two guys now i always thought that was why cool stop in, the crime in this one yeah in the tim burton one yeah, yeah. i gotta say I, I was very impressed with not only the use of animation but the use of miniatures too yes mm-hmm. when the bat wing crashes into the city like that's mm-hmm. all miniatures mm-hmm. and it was like that's really it's, cool it still holds use. up yeah to the for the most part but i hope we get in this new batman film a lot more of batman being that street level superhero yeah. and and the thing about batman is unlike other characters like don't get me wrong i love punisher and i love daredevil and, and they can go toe-to-toe with like big big bads but batman is one of those characters that god won at one comic book and then just do street level like the riddler yeah. like the next and it's still engaging it's still good like there's the scene in spider-man no way home where they're talking about their villains yeah and they're like yeah i fought an alien made out of black goo and then Tom Holland's like, I fought an alien in space and on Earth. And they're like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's Batman should be that kind of hero where mm-hmm. he's t- he's literally putting Superman in his place, one comic yeah. book, and then he's, you know, yeah. dealing with the Joker and exploding whoopee cushions. <laughs> exploding penguins. You know, I said the Joker. I want to I I right. tackle something that didn't work for me at all in this Batman. Go for it. The Batmobile. Really? Wow. Yeah, I'm sorry. I think That's it a is hot take. huge and clunky hmm. and and awkward, and it can't make turns. Like it has to like. Well, he couldn't hear. He grip. couldn't. He couldn't run. So <laughs> yeah, you got to right. you got to make it all like, together. In order to make a turn, it needs to grapple onto onto it. Depending on the turn, yeah. Turn. Like it just. It, I will argue that this Batmobile looked, is the, the most iconic next to the agreed. 1960s. And I've even seen this Batmobile, too, when I was in London Comic Con. But it just is – it doesn't seem like it's – like, you know, think about the Tumblr or even think about the, the new Batman, you know, The muscle whatever. car. It just doesn't seem functional. Mm-hmm. I'd even argue the one he had in uh, Batman vs. Superman where the, the wheels actually turn. Yep. Mm-hmm. Again, functionality. Like, I have a fun fact for you about the Batmobile. <laughs> oh, take it out of the fanny pack. Okay. You're going to like this one because it links up to Supernatural. Ooh. Ooh. The Batmobile was built on the chassis of a Chevy Impala. Of yes, course it was. was. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Well, well done from that fanny pack. Thank you. But I, I agree. Like the, the Batmobile in this movie is not practical at all. No. And they, but they do manage to do a high-speed chase in the second one with it. Yeah. Which and works. even in the third one, which one is the one where he goes down the Statue of Liberty? Batman Forever, yeah. That yeah. one's forever? No, okay. he doesn't, not in the car. Like, yeah. He goes yeah, up the wall. No, he goes, no, up, he the goes up the wall. It's not oh, he goes up the wall. That's right. That's the motorcycles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the, the in Batman and Robin, where it's that's not the Statue the of Liberty, but it's... That's, oh, the arm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's the God. I'm about. So bad. Pull back, you won't make the jump. <laughs> I, I, I saw a great video this past week, uh, one of our uh, podcasters, that or, or YouTubers, Nando, Nando versus the Movies, and he did a, a, a video about, is Batman a good driver? 
And, <laughs> and he looked at each of the movies and talked about, you know, looking at how much destruction does he cause, how safe is he, and and the fact that like in he talked about how in Batman he almost hits um a pedestrian or he doesn't or I guess that's in returns. In this one he almost hits construction vehicles. Right. Yeah. So he's not a very good driver in this one. Well, we're going to talk about when we do the supporting cast of, of Batman. I think yeah. even somebody put it on the Fan Feedback Friday. Like, the Batmobile is a character in itself. Oh, absolutely. And we'll, we'll definitely bring that up. But um, I want to briefly somebody. talk about the Joker. Okay, go ahead. Yes, just because he is in there. First of all, he is easily one of the best things in this movie because he is Jack Nicholson is clearly mm-hmm. having a blast with this. Um, I'm very unclear script-wise as to what the Joker wants to accomplish. I think this is a great example of the Joker's mind gets... At first, he just wants to take over the mob family. Okay, But right. his mind gets broken. Yeah. And it it doesn't show the transition very well. Yeah. But it, I think the scene of him just laughing in the plastic surgeon's office mm-hmm. is that, that's the moment where the Joker's okay. mind just breaks. breaks. Fun yeah. fact. You can stick this in your... Fanny fanny up, pack. up your fanny pack or whatever. Wow. Um, <laughs> When I just a few months ago, I, I've mentioned it on this show that I had uh, reconstructive nose surgery because I broke my nose over the summer on a rock in the middle of Key West and I had to have it reset. My first words when I woke up out of anesthesia mirror, mirror, <laughs> mirror. <laughs> I was completely drugged and completely like hazy, but those were my first words. That's funny. But awesome. speaking of the Joker, and you guys were talking about, and I completely forgot to add it. Uh, Batman like entrances mm-hmm. in the beginning of the movie when they're in the catwalk up top before he right. before oh, yeah, yeah. and access chemicals that is mm-hmm. like a Batman entrance right there where he sees him and then he's got the the girl I think it was or one of the police officers like gun to the head and he was like drop your weapon whatever he drops it and he goes away and then he releases this guy and then he drops down and Joker's like oh shit. Nice, nice. Honey, iced tea. Yeah, th- this movie has a lot of great Batman appearance yeah. moments yeah. Um, where he comes out of nowhere. But yeah. also, I will say there are so many times where you see the rope and the wires. Yeah. <laughs> it's rough. There, there are some, there are some rough ones. Like when he drops down into the, yeah. the museum. You can see the rope attached to him, but then it's gone. The, yeah. the Flugenheim is that? The, Flug- <laughs> the Flugenheimer. Um, Joker is though he I, I there's so many great iconic lines from him he is doing such a good job but I still had so much of a trouble so much trouble figuring out because he was so comic booky and all right giving I'm giving it totally up to Jack Nicholson he is the second Joker ever to have done Joker and he had to do something different and he did a great job but I just couldn't figure out is he in is he in love? Does he want to poison everybody? Is he an artist? Is he just want chaos? I couldn't figure out what his ultimate goal in this is. Or at least with Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger is all about just chaos. Mm-hmm. You know, he wants to just watch the world burn. Whereas I didn't get I, it with I, this. I think Nicholson similarly wanted to watch the world burn because, I mean, before he was Joker, he was a raging psychopath. Jack Napier. And just, I think, the effects of becoming the Joker just made him even more of a psychopath. Yeah. So, you know, he would have been fine just having everybody die. Right. The whole Vicky Vale shenanigans, shenanigans with him, <laughs> I just, that felt a little kind of like, okay, well, we got to have something for him to, like, you right. know, go she was for. She like yeah. makeshift Harley Quinn. But, so yeah, was her yeah, a little bit. his girlfriend in that. I, I was thinking that, too, of, like, I, I wouldn't have been great if she was named Harley Quinn. Well, she, Harley Quinn wasn't around yet. 
They hadn't invented her yet? No. She was on the show. Batman yeah. Animated Series. Batman Animated Series was originally. Really? She, that's where uh, that character was created. <clears throat> Just like how Superman mm. the Animated Series introduced Livewire, who's a, a very big yeah. Superman villain oh, nowadays. Yeah. yeah. So got, a lot of the shows, the animated shows, are responsible uh, for a uh, lot of Do you of know who was originally supposed to con- play Vicky Vale? We got her later. Nicole Kidman? No, Michelle, uh, Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. Really? Yeah, well, I, I read that Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Keaton were, we're dating, dating at the time. Yes, yeah, and Sean, he didn't want her to try out because he thought it would be just too awkward. Yeah. Sean Young was originally cast as Vicky Vale, but then she got injured and they mm-hmm. had to drop her, and that's how. Did you hear about all of, her cat, all of her Catwoman stuff? Yes, yeah. I remember that. Oh, man, she went off the rails. She really wanted Catwoman. She did. Yeah. Like she showed up in a Catwoman costume. She, she looks back on the whole Batman thing, and that that she doesn't blame it for basically ruining her career. But she just said, if I was in that movie, her career would be totally different. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah, which is a shame. We remember her I, now as you know. Einhorn from uh, East Ventura. Okay, see, yeah. I remember her from no- Kevin Costner's No Way Out. Oh, No Way when Out. When she was in that limousine. Yes. Yes. True. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. So, but yeah, Jack Nicholson is, is he is definitely iconic. It's just such a shame that they kill him off at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Robert Wool as a... As a Knox. Knox. Yeah. He was a fun. He was fun. Yeah. And he was a great cameo in Crisis yeah. on Infinite Earths. And then you that. get you get Michael Goff. You get you know Pat Hingle as Commissioner Gordon. So it the creates old, the that. The only two you know, that create this continuity. Continuity all between movies. all four movies. You, you know? know what else I really appreciated in this film was the musical score. It is fantastic. Now, uh, hold on. Let me, let me say one thing. Elfman. I do not like... The opening sequence of on the bat symbol where mm-hmm. they play the music. I actually do not like that song. It's, it's oh, you don't like the march. No, I have to say though, Uh-oh. but I know, Uh-oh. yeah, it's 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 okay. But a lot of hot takes from Robin. All of the other music that complements the action from Danny Elfman, I think mm-hmm. that I really appreciate, and that's something I haven't seen too much the man is in a, a lot of it. Yeah, Danny Elfman's amazing. Yeah. And and the fact that like not according his, to Family Guy. His music <laughs> his music blends so well with what's happening on screen and it heightens the atmosphere and tension. And that's what good cinematic music should do. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't mm-hmm. exist. Like I think maybe that's the problem I have with the opening with the opening sequence and the opening when I say sequence I mean you know that opening sequence makes no sense agreed makes no sense because you're like what are we watching here and then it comes out and it's the bat symbol like wait what that's not a real object what is it it's good music on its own but it doesn't complement action the way the rest of the music does Mm -hmm. Um, like it's hummable it's memorable but all the other stuff is like it heightens the action and that's what a a, a, you know a good composer should do it Elfman is just incredible Elfman's great I don't even think Batman's I mean I think Beetlejuice might be my favorite of his of his music now so you know what's funny about you talking about the title song the producer John Peters wasn't a fan of it either. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, obviously, Burton hired Danny Elfman after working with him for Pee Wee and for Beetlejuice. And he hired him. And I guess the Peters was skeptical after listening to the title song about having Elfman do the whole movie. Gruber and Peters are fascinating to watch with their whole Mm -hmm. uh, uh, career. How do you guys feel about the, speaking of music, how do you guys feel about the Prince stuff? Very jarring. <laughs> Very so, jarring. Funny fact. So when they showed uh, a couple Hold years on. ago. Are yeah. you taking this out of your fanny pack? I don't have a fanny it's pack. It's a fun pack. <laughs> and I really don't want to reach pack. into Ronnie's fanny pack. So let's. <laughs> Why is there a seen, hole in it? I'm, I'm not drunk where... yet. So let's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's calm down. But, where he so keeps it. as anybody here, I know 
you two have been. Rob, have you ever been to Alamo Drafthouse in Yonkers? I have not. Okay. Highly recommend it. Yeah. Um, yes. Because when they show older movies, before the movie starts, if you get to the theater early, they'll show a lot of like... Trivia. 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 They'll show like anything that's in relation to what you're watching. Yeah. So they were showing Batman Returns there because it was Christmas time and some deemed that movie a Christmas movie. It is a Christmas movie. And <laughs> it's just like Die Hard. Before, before the movie, they'll show like all the old toy commercials that you used mm. to see on oh, television. Oh, that's so cool. And then all of a sudden comes on the Prince music video. <laughs> and I'm watching this and I'm just like, this is insane. The, mu- the music is fine. I-, I have no problem with the music, but just the video itself. Yeah. He dresses the Joker. Well, He's got like this two-faced yeah, look the two-faced. to him. Do you know why? Go for it. <laughs> Because the Your producers get a lot of work. Because the producer growing larger by the second. What's the producer wanted Prince to write the music for the Joker. Mm-hmm. They wanted Michael Jackson to write the music for the romance songs. Oh my god! That is why Prince in the, oh, is in this the music video Gruber, has the Goober and uh, uh, Peters. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yep. That's crazy. Well, on That's that crazy. wonderful note, star or Gotham City ratings in this case. Oh, see what you did there. Per request by uh, by Sean. Oh, yeah. Want to do Gotham City ratings today? I will go first. I give the original Batman a three and a half out of five. It is well above average. It is a great time. I think we're spoiled now as an as the generation where comic book movies have been so fully developed into the into the common lexicon where. You know, we, we've gotten some great interpretations of Batman, and this one is the one that started it all, so three and a half out of five for me. Like, again, well above average, well worth watching, but I think it's only taken down by the other Batman movies yeah. that we have. Uh-oh. Oh, Sean's going to fight me? Sean, you want to go next? No, no. You guys are the true hosts right. of the show. I'm, um, I'm, just, I'm just sitting here. I, I, I'm going to agree with you. With a three point five, there's no fun in that. I I was considering going down to a three. This is hovering between a three and a three five. Like you said, it's above average movie. There isn't too much negative to go with it. I think at the at its time, right? If this was 1989, you're watching it. Your my reaction would be between a three three five. But now, like you said, we've been spoiled with all these other Batman and. Now, with technology being the way it is, like it makes you see some of these flaws that were in like these older movies and everything. But I, I would, I would say a three five. But if I were giving quarter points, it would be three point two five. Rob, I think you're both crazy on this. I am going to give it four out of five. You're a point five higher than us. Yeah, but there's a significant difference between three and a half and four. Four, four is approaching. Is that what you tell yourself? Four is approaching classic level, and I really feel that this, you know, has earned its place in the halls of of classic cinema because it was so revolutionary. I mean, before this, we had nothing else. This was one of the very first good superhero films. It was one of the very first good Batman films. It was one of the first darker takes on Batman. It was a great blending of good acting, good mm-hmm. composing, good filmmaking, and, and, and overall just a, a solid product that, that really revolutionized the industry. And, and to say any less than four, I think you are denying the impact that this film has. Uh, another reason it kind of brings it down is there's no nipples in this. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll give you that. I'm sorry. You know what? I'm going to change now to three. <laughs> Sean? How can I follow nipples? 
Well, are you going to do that, Roddy? Plenty of things can follow nipples. But I, I have to agree. I, I have to. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to agree with Rob. Uh, I think it's clearly a four. I could even go a little closer to four and a half. I am not spoiled at all by the movies we have today. Because you hate all the other movies. I do. Because See, I don't, and I agree I, with well, Sean, I don't, though. Okay, hate's a strong word. I'm sorry. But you will never, I'm sorry, I will never admit that Ben Affleck is a better Batman than than Michael Keaton. I will never admit that Henry Cavill is a better Superman than Christopher Reeve. That's just me. I'm not insinuating that everybody should feel that way. I'm just saying, in my world, to me, this is the best Batman movie ever done. Even better than Dark Knight. And Superman is the best Superman movie ever done. This movie, as Rob said, created, recreated a genre. Maybe created it, because Superman was a comic book movie... But had it already, you know, kind of died off, and this this movie recreated it. We get Tim Burton at the beginning of his career, before he kind of becomes Tim Burton that we know today. We get Danny Elfman at the beginning of his film composing career. We get Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson in probably one of the most over the top but loved performances mm-hmm. ever done in a comic book movie. I mean, without Nicholson, I don't know if this movie succeeds as well as it did. You also get a fan base that was just hungry for this like they had not seen anything like this ever so like hold on hold on hold on uh, hold on if you just said the reason this movie is good is because of nicholson how can you give this a four no no no. i didn't say it's because of nicholson i said he's a big factor he's one leg in the multi-legged tripod that is batman all right so Take out, you take out Nicholson. Multi, you don't need to say multi-legged. It's three yeah. legs. That's fine. So, so, so take out Nicholson. Take put out a different Nicholson. actor in the role. Put a take out actor. Tim Burton. Take out Danny Elfman. Well, no, 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 no. Take out no, no, no. It's gonna fall. Okay, so for, okay, so but, but say, with the argument of Nicholson giving it this big impact, if you take out his performance and it was just an average performance, what would this movie have been then? It'd have to be which actor am I thinking of would play the Joker? Just an average. It, performance. it could it could have been Nicholson with this same Nicholson, but with an average performance. You're gonna drop this score a lot. I also think this is totally subjective, and we should have fun with it. But okay, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I, 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 I think I still think Keaton is a great Batman, and and. I think what makes it all what me? makes it a great movie is the fact that you've got all of these equally hardworking aspects to it that prop up the product completely and bring it to a four or a four and a half. It's a combination of everything yeah. that makes this movie work. It's not just one person. Right. It's a combination of everything. Now Nicholson is a, I think maybe a little more than everyone else because of the name, but everyone worked together and did their best work to make this movie as good as it is. Okay, it's got a little warm in here. No, I, th- I think it's heated, but also it's a it's a testament to this film, regardless of where you stand, that we did give it high ratings. Like it, it's yeah. it's not like it's not like some of the films that we've done where it's been like, well, here's my two versus your four, and why are we like like that? That's happened before. There are plenty yeah. of movies where you know, as much as we like to bust balls about Marvel versus DC, there are plenty right. of movies where we just either all agree that it sucks, all agree that it it's good. Or we find ourselves completely split. So it's a it's a testament to this film that the only reason that Ronnie and I are really not giving it high stars is because that there's so many other great examples. Like Batman's a great character, and say what you will about some of the other films, every Batman portrayal has something good going for it. Even George Clooney, I'll argue that George Clooney was a great Bruce Wayne. 
You know, the whole oh, there's, yeah. there's a scene of him being a philanthropist. Like he's like, yeah. we built this planetarium and we're doing a, a rainforest gala next week. Like that's a great moment. I, I do enjoy that mm-hmm. scene. But uh, Val Kilmer did a lot of physical stunts as Bruce Wayne, which we had never seen before. You know, to this day, I want to be a fly on the wall in the meeting of Joel Schumacher and George Clooney and discuss how someone said, George, just speak as yourself when you're in the <laughs> Yeah, I just want to know. Lower your chin, raise your eyes. It's I don't get it. It's very interesting. He didn't even try. Well, neither did Adam Adam Weston either. But Mm -hmm. that's true. But was I don't know. Let me. I'm not a big comic book reader like anyone else is. Did they ever focus on the fact that Pete changes his voice when he's in the suit? Like, did they actually in more recent years? But obviously, it's also a comic book. That's what I'm saying. Like, so like Adam West could be like, well, I don't know how he sounds. It's a comic book. Yeah. In all honesty, like it's more recent years. Like the voice modulators become the big thing. Arrow made it very popular Mm -hmm. in um, the vigilante type shows. But like Daredevil doesn't how, change his voice, but he's I'm, blind in real life, so nobody. I'm interested yeah. to see how Pattinson's going to sound as the character. Yeah, we've heard a little bit of uh, his bat voice, but yeah. it's more just like a deep growl almost, which I'm fine with. I like the voice modulator personally. When we first heard, you know, Affleck's Batman speak, I was like, all right, I kind of dig it. Yeah, it, it took some some growing. I still think the best bat voice is Christian Bale. It is so bad. <laughs> I, think, I think I think Keaton does. Great. Keaton does a good he's job. Just, he's just low, and he's like gruff. Val Kilmer's is very strange because in like the first one, he's like, "I'll get drive through." He does like the low gravelly voice, but then at the end, he does more like a heroic, he's, bigger voice. He's, you know? yeah. He kind of bring. It's not he. He doesn't hide it as much as Keaton does, mm-hmm. but you still still get a sense of that. You know, low. That, that's, tone. Yeah. But I agree with you. As the movie progresses, he kind of like lightens his voice up a little. That, that's the problem scene. with doing it yourself is it's never going to come it's out. It's never going to be the, the same. same. Yeah, you know. That's why for you know the Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises, they digitally did it. Yeah, rough. But anyway, Where so are the drugs. I swear to me. But yeah, we could do a whole episode just quoting Batman. <laughs> so we are we do have our fan feedback Friday, and obviously in the vein of Bat Month, we have this week who is the best supporting Batman character? Egghead. Egghead. That's a villain. <laughs> the supporting character? No, he's not. You but, can, what's your definition of supporting character? I didn't, I would have if I wanted a villain, I would have said villains. But anyway, You're not so we have uh, Lucius no, Fox. We have Bob Kane. Mike drop. That was funny. <laughs> uh, the Joker. Oh, a villain. You tell Mike. <laughs> tell Mike that. Go ahead. Uh, James Gordon, Alfred, nice. the Batmobile. Eh. You're welcome. And Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> that was a cool answer. Oh, sh- <laughs> shut up, all of you. But that is going to wrap us up for today. Don't forget, guys, if you want more of our content, Ronnie will tell you exactly how to get it. You can't. Just kidding. You can. Multiple ways to get it. Obviously, if you're listening to us, you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Podbean, iHeartRadio, basically anywhere you can listen to music or podcast. You can also find some of our content on themisfitfaction.com. You will find some of Rob's writings up there for different TV shows, reviews. You got Paul wrote some stuff on there, some book reviews as well. And then obviously social media, we have our Multiverse Fancast Facebook page as well as the Misfit Faction group. So you can join that group. And you can get some latest news and content off of that page as well. And then on Instagram, the Misfit Faction as well. And don't forget, 
coming soon to our website is our merch store. We'll be able to buy some t-shirts, some stickers, some fun stuff, and eventually maybe a fun fact fanny pack. Can I bring a um, t-shirt gun to the next podcast? There's four of us in here. It's a small room. <laughs> it's going to go through one of these walls. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think in the group, we might do some sort of poll. Yeah. Or once the store gets like really going, like what kind of products you guys would like to see mm-hmm. from us? Because we have a lot of different ideas, but mm-hmm. it's always good to get listener feedback. But first and foremost, we want to thank Sean from Cinematic Adventures for uh, <laughs> reluctantly joining us. Uh, no, nah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to hear more from Sean, check out Cinematic Adventures, a Podbean, Apple Podcast, everywhere. You're on it too. You do it better, but I just press record most of the time. But if you guys do find our podcast, make sure you guys uh, subscribe, download, leave reviews, leave stars. It really does help the show get more visible. Get more visible. So uh, you Good know work. what I'm trying to say. Yeah, <laughs> visibility. I got there eventually, but uh, it does make a big difference to us. So if you guys have a chance, Spotify just updated their program, so now you can leave reviews, to, but only the podcast you actually listen to. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I can just go on Apple Podcasts, leave a review, and leave. Spotify, if you want to leave a review, it has to be a podcast that you've actually listened to episodes of, which I think is a great idea. But uh, that is going to wrap us up for today. As always, I'm Paul. I'm Ronnie. I'm Rob. I'm Batman. Sean. (laughs) Well done. And we will be back in a flash. See ya. I'm Smorgasbord.